This is the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. I'm Scott Evans. He's Nick Lawson. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, this is kind of take two. We ran into a lot of technical difficulties last night when we originally planned to record this episode, so it's going to be a little bit day late, and uh, hopefully we didn't jinx the team by it. Yeah, after watching tonight's game, I hope not. <laughs> anyway, be sure to hit the subscribe button on however you're listening to us. We're on everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Uh, you can find us there, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn app, uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, hit the subscribe, show us some love, and uh, and uh, review us too. We, we love getting reviews. I think there's been five reviews so far, all of them positive. We'll take negative ones as well. Uh, and feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Scott Evans on air, and you are at NCL. Yeah, and especially if you have any questions, you can also ask those, and we'll, uh, we'll get to them on air as well. Right. So, uh, anyway, looking back at last week's uh, interesting week in uh, in uh, baseball, Reds baseball, uh, not a good week, <laughs> but it was interesting. It had its moments. <laughs> so, uh, I guess get started uh, first uh, this week's in Reds history. Uh, yeah, well, we can look back at 1972, uh, August 30th. Um, P. Rose and Roberto Clemente, on the same night, they set their club, or actually tied their club records for hits. Roberto Clemente hit his 2,970th career hit at Three River Stadium. And P. Rose hit his 1,881st hit again. Uh, actually tying Veda Pinson at Riverfront Stadium. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool and, and probably won't happen again. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't ever see that happening again. Even even if, to even those guys as legendary as they are. To happen the same they, night is just kind of crazy. Exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh so taking a look at the Reds news this week, Nick Senzel is still out but uh Last night we didn't hear much word. I mean, officially he doesn't have COVID, but unofficially he has COVID. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to figure out who the Reds player that tested positive was when he's the only person on the IL. Yeah, he actually uh, uh, posted today on Instagram. I think it was Instagram or Twitter, one of the two. He said that he's he, he's he's looking forward to coming back, and he's it's, he said it's pretty soon. Yeah, he had he said he had some good news today or positive news today. So I'm guessing the positive is he's negative. Uh, hopefully he didn't. Hopefully he didn't have any uh, symptoms with that. I don't know if he'll ever open up about that. That's his his decision, his choice. Uh, but uh, it, it would be interesting to see if uh, he just kept having positive tests with no symptoms or just mild symptoms. Uh, hopefully there's no long term effects. I know there's a player from the Red Sox. He's out this season because he's having heart issues that they think are related or came about from uh, COVID-19. It's kind of a lasting effect. They don't know if it's uh, long-term or not, but uh, out of an abundance of precautions, uh, they he's can't play this year due to the heart issue. Yeah, unfortunately, that that's uh, something that takes effect on some people. And, uh, Nick Senzel, hopefully better soon. soon. We need everybody. And then uh, Votto, he got benched last week. Yeah, first time in his career he's been benched. At least, at least, especially for an extended period of time. I think there may have been a few times Brian Price or even Dusty may have sent him out for a day just to just to uh, get his uh, his when he was in a slump, just to kind of get him realigned. But uh, this one was a an extended break. He got a day off that happened uh, for something we'll get into in just a minute. Uh, where the game was delayed, and then also he uh, got into, uh, and then the, then he sat out uh, not one game but two games of a doubleheader, and then uh, another game on Friday night. So uh, three games in four days in a row, or three days in a row, uh, that Vado sat out. And, of course, in our last uh, breakdown episode, we established something that Joey Votto is not a leadoff hitter, but... Uh, David Bell was not listening that night. <laughs> no, apparently not, because he's still leading off. Yes, he is. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, Votto did when he come back. He did. He did do pretty good. We'll get into the, all the stats of last week. Uh, but yeah, he's not a leadoff hitter. I, I I wish he would be batting either second or or even if 
And I've seen this done with other star players uh, that go through slumps. The managers will move them down in the lineup for a few days just to let them see more pitches and get back into the groove before they move them back into uh, their regular uh, hitting spot. And for Joey Votto, that should never be leadoff based on what he's done so far in a, in a relatively small sample size. But when you're when you're hitting 125 or 100 as a leadoff hitter before he was benched, uh, yeah, you're not a leadoff hitter. Love you, Joey, but you're not a leadoff hitter. No, and, and even at his age, he should not be leading off. You don't see too many guys at 36, 37 years old leading off. Right. I mean, even Albert Pujols is 40 years old, and he's batting like sixth or seventh now in the Angels lineup. So right. if you drop him down, he may have a better chance of getting more hits and getting out of a slump. Right, and and uh, see, see more pitches, uh, maybe a little bit less pressure, so – uh, he doesn't strike out as much. I mean, when he was batting second earlier this year, he struck out one time. Yeah, he he he, he was hitting the ball. He was getting on base. I mean, he was walking more. He was getting on base. He was putting the ball in play. And he wasn't striking out. I mean, but lately, I mean, in the leadoff spot, he's been striking out a lot more. And Castellanos, where he was hitting earlier in the year, third or fourth, he was uh, killing the ball. Then when, they, when David Bell shuffled everything around, uh, it was like, okay, we're not going to hit anymore. I think he moved Votto to third, uh, and yeah. Votto went into the slump in that position, even though he's done very well in his career there. Uh, he's probably, in the, at this stage of his career, he's probably not a third, a, a number three hitter. Uh, and then, especially with the approach he's been taking, uh, where he's trying to make contact, and and uh, he's pulling the ball more this year, but uh, he's, he's, he's chokes way up on the bat, uh, you're not usually going to get as much power on that, which is going to reduce your RBI numbers, which traditionally is what you want out of your three-hole three hitter. I know that may have changed with analytics, but David Bell's analytics don't seem to be working. No, I mean, he's got he's been batting Winker in a three-hole, and he's done he's, he's been kind of off and on. He, it depends on the game, I guess. And, and the yeah. doubleheader, I know Winker had a, you know, had a good doubleheader in the three-hole, and then lately he's just been sticking him in there and he hasn't really done much since <laughs> we're going off on the, we're going to do another lineup show. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, moving on to other Reds news from last week, uh, the Reds and Brewers, uh, paused their series due to, uh, social justice pro- protest, uh, from the Brewers and the Reds joined in, uh, I'm not going to comment, uh, too deeply on that other than to say both teams were, uh, is a te- decision by both teams. Baseball approved the decision, so uh, and the game was made up the next day in a doubleheader that the Reds won. So uh, all that to, all that together, the players got a chance to to voice their opinion, and uh, baseball was still played. So uh, everyone should just move on and play ball. Yeah, because it happened in, in baseball and basketball, and I think some hockey games as well. Right, and everybody everybody went on to the next day and played and. Still playing, right? And and in COVID nineteen, I I, th- I think that's one thing. It does kind of give the players a little bit more opportunity to to do that because um, it's not it's it doesn't affect anybody and that's a paying uh, paying customer. It's not like uh, you know you brought your family from two hours away, came to the game, and then and then they're canceling it due to. Uh, I polit- I know uh, Amir Garrett doesn't like uh, saying it's a political issue, but it, it's still a political message that he's trying to get out to uh, those in charge. So, and that's how it's going to be viewed by the people paying money, whether they support it or not. They drove they drove four hours, paid or two hours to go to the game, especially if it was a, if it was a weekend game. This one was not, uh, but you know it, it it takes a lot, to, especially if you have a family, to go to a game and then. Uh, Young kids aren't going to understand that why there's not a game being played. Um, I mean, you can can explain it to them in some terms, but if they're four, five, six, uh, they wanted to see baseball. They don't. They don't really care about uh, politics, and that would uh, be nice if all of us felt that way sometimes. Yeah, I remember as a kid. I remember the first time it was a rainout, and I'm like, why? Why are they not playing? Right. Well, it's raining. You know, you can't play in the rain, and and it was before. That was in the eighties. I was a kid. You know, come on. Right. I just wanted to see baseball, you know, I wanted to be there. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, you know, no harm was done. Players got to play. They got to to uh, make their voice known. Hopefully it will bring about some positive change in the country and uh, 
and uh, that's that's the best we can hope for. Yep. Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's do some positive things, and and maybe positive things will 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 work out. That's what we want. Yeah. So uh, other news, a lot of transactions have happened this past week. We won't even get in. We'll get into the ones that happened uh, today with the trade deadline. But even before the trade deadline, uh, Cody Reed was DFA'd and then traded to the Rays for their number 20 prospect, Riley O'Brien. Philip Irvin was DFA'd. I I think he cleared waivers. I don't know if he'll be going to Prasco or if he'll just be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, And then... Jose Garcia got called up. Yeah, everybody was calling for Jose to Gar- Jose Garcia to get called up, and he's he's been very impressive at shortstop. And Freddie Galvis, I, I wish uh, I guess nobody I guess you can't trade something nobody really wants, but I, I was kind of expecting uh, Freddie Galvis to be moved today. Yeah, I, I was too, and then I didn't hear anything about him. You know, anybody talking about him or wanting him or whatever. I think if you would have moved him. I mean, that would have been a big, big deal for the Reds fans. A lot of Reds fans want him gone, but uh, <laughs> well, it's not that I, I want him gone. But if Garcia is going to be there, and and right. uh, and you have a very capable veteran uh, in Kyle Farmer that can play the position defensively as well, if not maybe a little bit better than uh, Galvis. And offensively, uh, it's it's the the and we'll get into this uh, when we break down the numbers later, but. Uh, uh, for a while, Farmer was definitely hitting better than uh, Galvis. Yeah, Farmer was on a he was on a streak there for a while. He was he was hitting he was hitting the ball, was seeing the ball very well. He was fielding the ball like like crazy. I mean, he, the guy was playing up the middle. He's playing over in second base when they're in the shift. He's making crazy plays behind second. He's, he's a he, the guy is showing he went from catcher to playing second base shortstop, and he can he can do anything. He's like a Craig Biggio, right? Uh, so, uh, big moves there also, and some sad news, at least for me, uh, Reds Fest canceled this year and it'll be the, for me, it'll be the first year I haven't gone to a Reds Fest since 2008. Uh, I think that was my first year, 2008, uh, went with my ex-wife. She was miserable because <laughs> she's just, she's not a baseball fan and she's not a fan of like large crowded convention centers. So <laughs> it was probably hell for her. Uh, but, uh, and I didn't really know what Reds Fest was. I, I got a picture with Barry Larkin and then I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll head off. And then the next year really got to know what it was. It was, it was an awesome time. That was 2009. Uh, the advantage about Reds Fest after a bad Reds year is it's not as crowded after a good Reds year. So in 2010, and I may be getting my dates off. I think maybe, maybe 2007 was the first year I went, but 2009, I remember being incredibly awesome. You could just walk up and get what autographs you wanted. It, it was, there was hardly any lines. Uh, they didn't cut anybody off. It was 50 minutes at a time. Then 2010 happened, <laughs> and eventually we are going to get to the 2010 breakdown episode, but 2010 Reds come off a uh, really good season, make the playoffs, and everybody jumped on the bandwagon in the Cincinnati area. Reds Fest was so crowded, they had to make rules up on the fly, and uh, so even though the material said it's 50 minutes, uh, they started cutting off at 250. I think now they're down to 225 as of last year. Uh, so it, it was a little disappointing the way it was done, just because the communication to people trying to get autographs. Uh, um, you know, it, it oh, did, 2000, 2010 was my first year going to Reds Fest. Oh, that was a crazy time, and and yeah. me and my friend, uh, we just kind of we collect autographs just because it's kind of it's almost like an adult scavenger hunt. I know some people do it and want to protect everything. I mean, we back then we were just buying the $3 baseballs. I mean, some of the autographs I have from those years are are faded because uh, those balls don't hold the autographs as well, but uh but yeah, it, I have a P Rose ball that's kind of faded now. Yeah, it, it was it was a it was a it was a lot of fun and then I mean, the year before we I mean, it was it was in 2009 it was so it, the crowd was so light that I think me and uh, me and my friend had a, like a five minute conversation with, uh, Adam Rosales and who, who was like the nicest person in the world. It was, me and him, me and my friend thought that Adam was going to ask for our, our autograph at one point. 
So now Red Fest is a ton of fun. If if you've never been, it's going to be back in 2021. Highly recommend it. And if you're not into autographs, there's so many other things that that you can do. It's three levels. Uh, they have music going on. They have Harlem Globetrotters are always there. Um, tops pack wiffle wars, wiffle ball course for the kids. For the little yeah. kids, they have a playground uh, with bouncy houses and all other kinds of things on the uh, on the third floor of the convention center. It's it's one of the best fan fest in baseball, if not the fan best fan fa- fest. And the, if you do want autographs and pictures, most of them are free. Uh, they do do uh, some pictures where they give you a copy of the picture for 10 bucks and which is a nice deal and then the other ones you take with your camera and it, all the players are in such a good mood uh it, it's 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 really laid back event and uh and um so if you ever get a chance definitely go to red fest you just can't go this year yeah it sucks because i was there last year and it was a lot of fun yeah. got to ran into marty brenneman and and uh and bob castellini on the floor, and it was it was just a cool moment to see those guys up up close and personal. Yeah, in 2017, my twins were just born in uh, late October of that year, and just got back from the hospital at the end of November, uh, right before Thanksgiving. So, uh, didn't spend a lot of time at Red Fest. I did go for an official at bat, got a picture taken with Reggie Sanders, and then uh, in 2000. And uh, 18, I uh, was able to go with me, my friend, his son. Uh, the plan was to go that way this year, too, but some things happened, so they weren't able to go. Uh, Red's really made it up with uh, with his uh, family, uh, my, my friend's son, battling cancer, but the Reds have been awesome. Uh, just wanted to put that out there because it, we get frustrated with the on-field products sometimes, but uh, it, it's such a class organization. The players are class from Joey Votto. Tucker Barnhart, uh, Michael Lorenzen, so many others that have just done went out of their way to do uh, awesome things for for my friend, his son, uh, so and their family. I know they do that for so many uh, tri-state families. Instead of one thing the Reds do that, uh, and I'm getting a little bit off topic, but that's okay. One thing the Reds do, uh, instead of using an organization like Make-A-Wish, uh, they actually do things in-house themselves and uh, i can talk about just from from uh, being the liaison between my friend and his son just what the reds have done uh has been unbelievable he was supposed to go on the field this this past august on august 14th uh, uh to uh, meet some of the team some of the players during batting practice uh and go to the game uh unfortunately because of covid uh that wasn't possible uh so, but the Reds sent him him and his sister a gift package, it, and it, it's just amazing what the Reds do for for that part of the community and everything they do in the community. If they could just get a winning team on the field again, uh, this this it would be the crown jewel of this area. I'm still waiting for that winning team to happen. It's been ten. It's at least been at least ten years. Uh, it hasn't been that long, but it feels that way. <laughs> feels like it feels like it's been thirty years. But oh, yeah, I know. we know. Well, you know, March lasted three years, so. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, let's just take a look back. I know, as painful as it is, let's take a look back at some of the games this past week. Uh, on August twenty fourth, last Monday, Reds lose four to two. Bauer didn't do too bad. Uh, six and two thirds inning, eight Ks, gave up four earned runs though. Uh, Casale had a home run in that game, and uh, unfortunately, that was to the Brewers, I believe. Correct? Yeah. Yes. And that's the game where he cracked open the cold one after he got the four strikeout, uh, breaking the record. With uh, I'm I'm surprised baseball didn't didn't uh, throw a fit over that, but. Uh, I, I guess they didn't, uh, because I'm sure that was a paid sponsorship that he got from Budweiser through that. But uh, uh, it was pretty interesting. We're like, what is he writing on the mound? And uh, sure enough, he wrote Buds after. after I think that was out. a game he was going to wear. He was going to wear the shoes. Oh no, that was the previous. Uh, that was a previous week in Kansas okay. City. Okay. With the free. I couldn't remember which, couldn't remember which, which game that was. <laughs> he is definitely a character. Glad he's still. Still on the team, but um, but yeah, he, he didn't have his best out and gave up four earned runs, and uh, Red's offense uh, was dead once again. Yeah, uh, they had their games, you know. The, 
I, I don't know if it's if it's if it's a lineup. I don't know if it's the kind of day they're all having. I don't know, but it seems like there's got to be some way to fix it because you're running out of games to play here. It's getting close to the end of the season, and you're gonna you're gonna end up missing the playoffs in a 60 game season, and that's really embarrassing. With, with well, I, I, this is one thing I I heard uh, someone talk about. It's it's hard to judge anything in the COVID year. But this the opportunity that they had this year with eight teams making the playoffs, sixty game season. Uh, it, some of it, I, I know uh, people say you shouldn't blame the manager, but uh, it seemed like until recently, uh, David Bell was managing it like it was still spring training the first two three weeks of the season, where he was trying to get every player in to get some playing time, even in games where it was close and. I, I know he was looking at matchups and everything, but it, it didn't work. No, and, and uh, even at the end of the day, somebody has to be blamed for a loss. And if it's if it's the players, it's you know it's the manager. The manager is the guy in charge, and he's the one that makes the lineups. He he's the one that makes the pitching changes. So it has to be somebody, and it has to be him. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Tuesday's game, uh, not much better. Uh, Reds lose. Three to two and a very quiet offensive game. Uh, both both teams scored only in the fourth inning, so the game was over pretty much after the fourth. Uh, in that game, Votto went zero for four. Batting uh, leadoff. Batting leadoff was hitting one ninety one after the game. Uh, Castellanos zero for three. Uh, Suarez was starting to pick it up some, going one for four. Uh, Mustakas had a hit. Uh, Peyton had a hit. Uh, we'll get into his stats a little bit later because, uh, though, with the acquisitions made today and the call-ups made today, I doubt he's going to see as much playing time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, and then on the pitching side, Castillo, he hasn't pitched bad. He just hasn't pitched shut down baseball this year, uh, giving up a lot of walks and uh, a lot of bad luck because if he had some more run support, he probably wouldn't be winless, which is just crazy to think that, uh, Luis Castillo is winless, and e- even after this game, he had a three point six two ERA. Well, I, he's he's really misplacing his fastball. It's up high, um, and he's and his slider is sliding a little too much, and it's always coming in on guys, and he's been hitting guys with it. And I, I think there's some mechanical issues he's going through. So I think if he fixes that, he'll be fine. Right. Also in this game, uh, bullpen looked good. Uh, Amir Garrett's really turned it on uh, lately. Uh, he uh, pitched an inning, uh, two strikeouts, no hits, and then Thornburg came in, shut it down as well. Uh, one inning, uh, one strikeout, no hits, uh, no runs. Uh, Reds still lose three to two though. Fell to eleven and seventeen on the year, which uh, six games under five hundred. I did not expect that. I, I know. Uh, the, the week before last, everybody was down when they were like one game under 500. I'm like, well, it's early. If you look back at the 2010 season, even the 2012 season, see where they were at that point compared to where they were at 60 games. There's still plenty of time, but that time is uh, clicking away pretty quick. You're getting to a point of sense, you're getting that sense of emergency here where you've, you've got to get on a winning streak at some point. And if they've had no more than three in a row, You've, you've got to do better than that going down the stretch in the last month of this season. They've got to find a way to win games. Right. And then the next game uh, was the game we talked about earlier. Uh, got postponed, setting up a doubleheader for that Thursday. And may, maybe the Reds just need to play doubleheaders the rest of the year because they're doing pretty good in those. Um, so the first game of the doubleheader, they won 6-1. to one, Uh Sonny Gray pitched uh, that game, five innings, uh, four hits, uh, two walks, four strikeouts. His ERA is now down to 1.94 uh, after this game. Um, Nothing to sneeze out there. That's a good no. ERA. Bullpen did pretty good. Uh, Joe, Nate Jones came in, gave up a run, but uh, uh, when you have a six-run lead, that's okay. Uh, didn't didn't do too much damage. Uh, Biddle came in, two-thirds of an inning, gave up. A uh, hit, and then Robert Stevenson looked good this game. I uh, can't say that too often. <laughs> I would think it was the last time he looked good. Yeah, right, and then so and then hitting wise, uh, this was the first game Votto was benched. 
Uh, Akiyama did not do a lot in the leadoff spot because uh, uh, Castellanos uh, three for three with uh, two RBI. Uh, Winker was three for three. Uh, that's the kind of offensive production we need. I, and I know a lot of people were blame, blaming Joey, but he's just one player. If he, if he was slumping and everybody else was hitting, the Reds would not be uh, in the position they're in from their records-wise. So, um, I mean, Votto's your top-paid hitter, so he's got a hit, but uh, the other guys just can't lean on Joey all the time. And, may, and maybe that's part of the reason for the benching. Right, you got eight other guys out there that need to do their hitting as well. So standing there looking at pitches go by and, and striking out a lot, they need to go out there and hit too. Yeah, second game, uh, more of the same. Six nothing Reds win. Uh, Wade Miley went four innings, uh, not too bad. One hit, uh, one walk, three strikeouts. Uh, bullpen came in. Sims looked really good. Two innings, no runs, uh, two walks, and then Iglesias. I, I think Iglesias looks like, and I'm knocking on wood. Uh, it looks like he may be back to the reliever we expected. Well, man, I hope so because, I mean, his fastball is incredible. It is. and, and can, I mean, if you can keep that fastball alive and keep that fastball where they're, they're going to just swing and miss it every time. It'd be like a la, a la Rose Chapman. Chapman threw 100, what did he throw, 105 miles per hour. Right. I think and, he, and he averaged. Iglesias is getting up there. He's about yeah, 98. Yeah. Or, or Chapman, I think he averaged like 101, 102, it seemed like, in games, and then had that nasty slider. So if if Iglesias can come back to something like that where he looked a few years ago after he, after he replaced Chapman, I mean, no one can replace. He, he's not going to be the next uh, a role as Chapman. You can either be better than, worse than, or different than, but uh, – so he's different right. than, but he, he can still be uh, a very effective closer, and uh, hopefully he gets back to that, and especially now that he has more help at the back end of the uh, back end of the bullpen. Yeah, we'll get to that a little bit too as well. <laughs> All right, and then Friday night Cubs came to town uh, at an empty Great American ballpark, and the Reds uh, had a good night offensively. Pitching got a little sketchy, but they still escaped with the win, 6-5. to five. Uh Home runs from the Reds. Uh, Suarez hit his third. Winker hit his sixth. Actually, that's doubles. Uh, home run Suarez hit his seventh, and Winker hit his ninth. The uh, Tyler Malley, 11 strikeouts that night. And Galvis actually had a home run. His It's hard to believe he has six home runs on the year. Yeah, I, I looked at that. I'm like, really? Six home runs? Did he hit that many? It seems like he hasn't done anything all year. Right. Tyler Malley, though, had a great game, six and two-thirds inning, two-hit baseball. Uh, did give up two earned runs, but 11 strikeouts, which uh, is pretty amazing for him. His ERA down to 391. Uh, Amir Garrett, uh, an inning in the third of, of pretty much lockdown baseball, gave up one hit. Uh, then Stevenson came in and uh, almost blew the game. Uh, thankfully, Iglesias came in for the save. Uh, Reds went six to five Friday night, uh, setting up a doubleheader on Saturday, which uh, got real, real interesting. First in game one, uh, Reds pretty much flat all game. Yeah, uh, it was a bad day. You know, being that you're not hitting, you know, you're coming off a game where you just won, and then you go into into a first game of doubleheader, and you're not hitting anything. That's frustrating because you know the second game's coming up and you got to start hitting, you got to win something, right? Bauer uh gave up uh four hits, three runs. Did was he the actual pitcher or were those inherited runners by uh De Leon? Uh, I believe those were inherited. Oh, okay, well, no, two of the runs were off Bauer, actually, all three runs were off Bauer, so that on uh. Home runs. Bauer, by, Bauer left in the sixth, and DeLeon came in and gave yeah. up a run. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he gave up a run, but he, he wasn't charged to him. Oh, okay. Did he, well, this is according to the box score. Now, that's what I thought, too. But uh, according to the box score, uh, the three runs are off home runs, off both off of Bauer. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking here. Rizzo, Homer. I'm only seeing two homers off Rizzo. Oh, two, two, two Homer. Uh, yeah, Rizzo. Rizzo hit two homers, uh, one in the third. Oh, okay. Never mind. I guess both were solo shots. Yes, they were. I, I see that now. Okay. 
because that last uh, last RBI was of uh, it was how it was Hayward who had an RBI. Next next episode, Scott learns to read a box score. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, setting up game two, which uh, became very interesting. Reds uh, end up winning six to five. That's a good thing, but that's not the story. No. Uh, story is, uh, I believe it was either first or second inning um, pitcher for the Reds. Uh, Antone, ball slips from his hand. It's obvious it slipped. Uh, he was not intentionally throwing at uh, Rizzo. Uh, anyway. The umpires decided, well, we got to warn both benches. So David Ross came out and arguing, why are you arguing? Why are you warning our bench? We didn't do anything. Of course, you know, baseball has been doing that for years. If if they think a pitch has been intentionally thrown inside, they're going to warn both benches because they don't want the retaliatory shot. Well, right. later in the game, the retaliatory shot happened with the Cubs pitcher throwing above Shogo's head. Uh, Shogo didn't react. Uh, David Bell did though, asking why is there not a warning that was thrown intentionally? Then, uh, Rizzo started chirping at, uh, David Bell. And then the Reds players came, especially start leading with Votto and, uh, Jesse yeah, Winker, uh, came out to the manager's defense, which showed me a lot. Cause you know, Votto had just been benched. Uh, was there anything going to be happening in the locker room? That's going to tra- change the, the vibe. Does he have, David Bell's back, and I think that answer is undoubtedly yes. If you're if you have the Reds uniform on, Votto's behind you, uh, regardless if he agreed with the decision on benching or not, which I think Votto kind of did. Uh, and whether or not he wants to be a leadoff hitter, which he's not, <laughs> yeah. but uh, nonetheless, he's definitely uh, has the manager's back. Of course, came out today. David Bell has a one game suspension. Jesse Winker also a one game suspension, which I'm assuming since. Uh, he was in the lineup tonight. Uh, he's appealing. Yeah, he's a, he's appealing it. Um, I I don't think he should have got, you know, got a suspension and Votto didn't because they were both there at the same time. Yeah, I didn't understand that. It said Votto got a small fine. Yeah, or, he got a, he got a, he said he got an undisclosed fine, which I don't you know nobody knows how much that's going to be. <laughs> well, I saw he can afford it. I I saw on one report or one tweet it was a small fine, which. I'm like, okay. I mean, usually with the fines, uh, they have the option of either paying the league or do- donating the money to charity. So the fines usually go to charity. The player probably gets to write it off on the taxes. So it's not that huge of a punishment other than, I mean, if, I guess if it's a substantial fine, a ten, like a $10,000 fine, that's that's substantial money whether you're making $20 million or or not. It's just a lot more substantial to me and you. <laughs> Well, I mean, even even getting fined for just basically standing up for your manager. I mean, there was no punches thrown, right. none of that. But I mean, even if if it's a five hundred dollar fine, in, he can afford it. In the <laughs> in the age and fear of COVID, uh, they're going to be, uh, especially now that we're getting closer to the playoffs, uh, they're going to be cracking down probably on that. Plus, the the way the A's fight uh, happened a few weeks ago, that probably added to the uh, punishments as well. Yeah, they didn't help with, with anything, but just basically tightening up the rules. You know, you, in this, this day and age with COVID, you can't you can't be fighting each other. It's just, and I know emotions uh, run wild, and, and you get the, anger gets out there, but don't don't fight each other. If the testing was was sufficient, which I think there's been enough evidence uh, in this season that it's it's not. Uh, the fight, uh, baseball doesn't want fights anyway, but it wouldn't be that huge of a deal over in Taiwan. Uh, when they started playing earlier this March, now Taiwan did not have uh, the number of cases other places around the world did, uh, but they're still playing without fans. And I think the second or third game in, there was uh, somebody got hit by a pitch and didn't uh, take kindly to it, and a fight broke out, and and uh, definitely no social distancing in that game. And there's been some games. Uh, here in the major leagues that uh, there's been no social distancing as well. Uh, thankfully there was no uh, punches thrown. Uh, umpires did not have control. Angel Hernandez is the worst umpire in the history of baseball. Uh, I, I don't understand. You warn both teams not to throw inside. Then a ball goes above the head of a, of the other team's player. And, and years past that would, be, whether it's intentional or not, that would have been an ejection. 
Yeah, Angel Hernandez had to. Why does he have to work our series? I mean, <laughs> especially at four games with the Cubs, knowing how much we hate, you know, both teams hate each other, especially when Rizzo's over there and instigating stuff and they don't do nothing to him. Right. I, you know, this, the Cubs, they're not on a pedestal. I don't care what Cub fans think. They're not on a pedestal. They're in, they're in the same league as we are in the same division. It's, a, it's always a battle when you have these two teams fighting each other. So in a time the Cubs going to – they want to fight. I mean, the Reds are always going to be ready to fight, but we don't want that. You can't have that right now in a playoff run and COVID-19. Right. So uh, anyway, uh, moving on to Sunday's game, I think we'll just <coughs> go through this one really brief. It was 10-1 Cubs win. Uh, the only highlight, Votto had a home run. Yeah, Castillo was awful. Stevenson was awful, and Delian was awful. Let's move on. so uh we kind of already broke down the pitching uh as we went through the week but uh let's break down some of the hitting through the week i think it's some of the numbers are going to surprise you so uh joey Votto, of course got benched uh what would you guess his average for the week ended up being uh 200 250 333 on base uh so for the week his ops was 1.021 uh, so he really turned it around after he came back from uh, being benched. Uh, Castellanos had a good week, 333 batting average, 406 on base, uh, 519 slugging for 925 OPS. So Votto actually slug- outslugged uh, Castellanos this past week. Well, Castellanos has been struggling. Yeah, but I mean, 333 so, is not bad. So, uh, yeah, you, I'll take it. Uh, I mean, even 250 for Vot is 250 with a 333 on base percentage isn't bad. It's not Joey Votto numbers, uh, but uh, you have that in the leadoff spot compared to what we've had the years past. Uh, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Instead of looking at the 214 average, I'll take no, it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Jesse Winker, uh, 333 average, 379 on base, 852 slugging for a 1.231 uh, OPS. So. Winker, definitely one of the hottest hitters in baseball. Uh, continued that through uh, last week. Suarez kind of turned things on back up a little bit. Uh, of course, you know, he was hitting below 100 for the longest time. He had 250 for the week, uh, 344 on base percentage, 607 slugging. And then uh, the uh, last player that actually did something decent <laughs> this past week uh, that, that played a regular basis, uh, Mustakis. Uh, 286 average, 333 on base percentage, uh, only 286 slugging. So he didn't he didn't hit for power or for extra bases, but he he was at least getting on base. And then it gets ugly. I'll, I'll go one more player that did fairly well in 10 plate appearances. Of course, he's the backup catcher, uh, splitting time with Barnhart, uh, 375, 500 on base, and uh, 1.125 slugging because he had two home runs in uh, eight at bats last week. So Kirk Casale. And limited time did very well. Everyone else, though, uh, not that great. Uh, Shogo, 136, 231, 182. Barnhart, 154-267-154. Galvis actually didn't do that bad. We just like beating up on him for some reason. Uh, 250, 333, 438 slugging. Um, Farmer uh, did not have as good of a week. Only uh, 200 batting average, 200 on base, 300 slugging, but he only had 10 plate appearances. Uh, Peyton had more uh, plate appearances, 17 plate appearances. He hit 200, 294. And then uh, Garcia, who just got the call up, 231, 286, 231. Uh, but, you know, he, he's a rookie. You got to give him a little bit more time. 14, 14 plate appearances. Uh, Votto had 18 plate appearances. Uh, leader in. Uh, Plate appearances was Castellanos, which uh, based on performance, uh, him, Winker, and Suarez uh, should be the leaders. Yeah, I, it, it was a good time. With doubleheaders, it was a good time to get you know get some batting yeah, averages. Up. Start mean, getting hot. I, th- I think the problem with the Reds is they can't, and it's been this way for a number of years. Even in the years where they were winning some, it always seemed like they went through stretches where they would get the hitting but not the pitching. And so forth. In 2012, they they were pretty consistent all around. Uh, and then after the during the rebuild years, uh, it seemed like oh we have glimpse of hope. The pitching looks really good, but then they'd score one run, and then or they go on an offensive tear, 
and score eight runs, but then still lose nine to eight. So it, it seems like we haven't broke through. I say we, but it seems like the team has not broke through, uh, through that, um, barrier where they put, get the hitting, the pitching, the relief, the defense, put together all in a series of games. They'll have glimpses, but they haven't put together that win streak yet. It's been it's been so long since the Reds have had a uh, win streak. Well, I mentioned that earlier that, you know, they need to get on at least four or five game winning streak to try and get at least to 500. Yeah, I mean, they, Being they five games under 500 right now. You need to get a little further ahead. And they they need uh they need to get um they they just need to get ahead. <laughs> and uh, put together multiple uh, win streaks. You don't want to win. You don't want to go on a four-game win streak and then lose six and then lose three. Uh, no, they, yeah, I mean, then you're going in the wrong direction. We don't want to do that right now with twenty plus games left. They almost they, they almost have to win out. It feels like, and that's that's I'm not gonna say it's not possible. It's been done before, but uh, yeah, that's not where that's not where you want to be. That's right. a lot of pressure to win out. I think if, if you if you get a point where you're playing the Cubs again and you sweep them, that's some momentum to go to the next series to do the same thing. That's what they need right now. They need they need some positive vibes to get them out there and get hitting and get the pitching all lined together. And looking at the standings, the Reds are still not out of it though with those with the eight team playoffs. But they keep losing. They're going to be playing their ways out of, way out of it. Uh, looking at standings, this is after tonight's game, which, uh, they did lose, uh, to the Cardinals. Uh, we're recording this Monday night. Uh, so they're five and a half out of first place, which with 20 games left is not, uh, not a great place to be, but it's not impossible to overcome. Uh, still kind of, uh, hanging in there in, in the win column with Milwaukee. Uh, there the sad thing is they're starting to fall closer and closer back to the pirates who, are just not good. They finally won their tenth game, though, so they're they're uh, only three games above the Pirates, and it seemed like this this is almost like a repeat of last year, where don't fall behind the Pirates. I mean, eventually they didn't, but for there was a short period of time last year where they were either behind the Pirates or uh, were falling further and further back. When uh, there was a glimpse last year of uh, making that second wild card, this year. Um, Kind of the same uh, position they were last year, and uh, getting into the trade deadline uh, news today, they decided to go all in, and uh, they traded away uh, some players you've seen play this year, and uh, got some pretty good talent in return. Yeah, I mean, getting um, Archie Bradley from the Arizona Diamondbacks for uh, got fan meter so long. You know, he just had a bad year. Right. He could not hit whatsoever. Uh, and uh, uh, Fairbanks, who we saw during the summer camp, he has some promise. He's a good. He's a. Yeah, I, think, I believe he'll be a good player someday. Hopefully, Arizona gives him a shot. Right. So having uh, the guy that was closing for the Diamondbacks in the back end of our bullpen to maybe set up for Iglesias, uh, I'm okay with that. Hey, the guy, you know, he's happy to be here. We got him through next year, or probably the year after, I think, or something. Yeah, he's a free agent in 20, eligible for free agency in 2022. Uh, same with the other uh, pickup today. Uh, I think his earliest free agency is 2022. So, uh, got some good, got players with the uh, control. So, it's not just a rental player. And it's kind of like the Trevor Bauer trade, as kind of a little bit uh, going back to 2009 like the Scott Rowland trade uh, when the Reds were out of it, but bought anyway, which set up uh, perfectly for the 2010 season. Uh, so I, I like these trades. Uh, didn't give up a lot. Uh, gave up more than some other teams uh, gave up for some of their acquisitions, but uh, got probably the best reliever uh, that was available for trades uh, today. I, I think I have a cup upstairs from the Diamondbacks Padres game I went to in 2018 uh, that has uh that has his picture on it. Yeah, and from what I've I've heard from that, you know, the guy's he's a good guy. He loves playing. He loves playing the sport. And then Brian Goodwin is the other player that Reds picked up from the Angels today. And the guy was backing up Mike Trout in center field. Not 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 too bad of a backup, if you ask me. Not not at all. And then so uh, Reds, I think, did pretty good at the trade deadline. They they were quiet, which I like because I hate trade rumors. <laughs> they do no good. 
Uh, and I like that they kept everything close to the vest, uh, kind of like Walt Jockety did the years that he uh, pulled off uh, some of the big trades uh, to get uh, Brandon Phillips. Of course, Phillips, uh, he was he was acquired before anybody knew who, knew who he was, but the Scott Rowland trade was definitely kept close to the vest. Uh, the signing of Aroldis Chapman was huge and uh, came out of seemingly nowhere. No one expected the Reds to sign Signed Chapman, and uh, he was definitely a mainstay here before he became uh, the next or the replacement for Mariano Rivera in uh, in the Yankees. So, would love to see Chapman come back. I, I loved his entrance and stuff, but uh, but uh, we we had to move on. It, it didn't make sense to keep him through the years where the Reds decided to uh, go young and cheap. <laughs> so, you don't want to have an eighteen million dollar closer on a team that wins sixty five games. Yeah, and you know, he ended up going to the Cubs for a, a cup of coffee. And right, I think he got a World you know, Series there, didn't he? Or was that the year they he, didn't make the World Series? I think he was gone by the time oh, uh, okay. the, the Cubs won the World Series. But he's back with the Yankees. Yeah, that, that it was. It was. Yeah, that's right. Because they traded. That's right. They did trade him to the Cubs uh, from the Yankees. Yeah, it was from the Yankees. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, the. Uh, they so, went up going back to the Yankees the following year as I think a yeah. free agent or something. Yep, yeah, he he was a free agent. So, uh, but yeah. So anyway, uh, good trades by the Reds this week. And uh, who's your pitcher of the week? Um, I, I'm gonna go. I'm still sticking with Trevor Bauer. I still think I still think he had a good week. I'm gonna go with Sonny Gray. Just a little bit more dominating in his outing than Bauer's to. Uh, two outings. I, I still love Trevor Bauer, though. I, I, I'd i be okay with him being a red, quote-unquote, for life. And I also like the idea of one-year contracts. If he wants to stay here, that's perfect because it, it reduces the risk to the team. The only problem is that it kind of makes him a trade target every single year unless he puts a no-trade clause in that one-year cl- contract. Yeah, I think he's okay with that. Uh, I, don't, I don't think any GM has a problem with it either. Yeah. I mean, he, he's 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 got an out clause, so if he, he signs a one-year contract and he gets traded, he's still going to be a free agent. Doesn't yeah. matter where he's at. And uh, who's your player of the week? Uh, I'm going to go with Jesse Winker. I'm going with Jesse Winker too. You, you the hottest hitter in baseball. You, it's hard to argue against. So uh, before we go this week, we do have a new feature called Tales from the Twitter Spear, and most of the time, it's probably going to involve. Trevor Bauer this week it involves Trevor Bauer talked about it earlier uh, uh, with him and Budweiser uh, talking on social media that if he breaks certain strikeout records they'll make a can called the Cincinnati Buds and uh, he tweeted it out of him drinking or at least opening or having it in his hand in the clubhouse a uh, Budweiser Cincinnati Buds can I don't know if they're coming to stores yet uh, but I, I'm sure if they did, they'd be a big seller. Well, he couldn't call it a little bit of the bubbly, so he's going to have to call it <laughs> something else with Cincinnati in it. So why not? I mean, I, that would be cool. I would buy it. So, uh, so yeah, other than that, Twitter was pretty quiet this week, uh, which is usually a good thing. But <laughs> that was uh, pretty good from uh, Trevor. If you haven't checked out his video blogs on YouTube, they are highly entertaining very informative. Uh, uh, one one more note on this. Uh, we'll call it. Still put it under this feature. T- tales from the Twitter Spear. Still involving Bauer, but uh, he basically gives kind of a back, uh, a peek behind the curtain of Reds baseball. He'll he'll video out on the field of him doing warm ups, uh, him and his breakfast, what he gets, uh, what he eats, which he eats crazy. Of course, you know. Does, I he, guess, does he does he eat the, does he eat vados? No, no, but I mean, he gets like two pieces of he gets like two pieces of chicken, a ton of eggs. I, it's crazy the amount of food that he eats. But I guess when you're an athlete, you're burning it off. So, uh, so yeah, it'll be funny though. It'll be funny if he did eat vados. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, in St. Louis, he went in there and he's been showing his uh, COVID test and what he goes through, basically of him spitting into a tube. Uh, that he gets there to the stadium to do his COVID test, and they tell him, you're not allowed to video in here. It's like, I'm not allowed to video myself spitting into a tube. It's like, no, you're not allowed to video in here. <laughs> and there's somebody in the background. I can't tell 
if it's uh, Michael Lorenzen or somebody else, uh, maybe uh, Jankowski if he was still there with the team. Uh, anyway, they just start dying laughing. And, oh, yeah. I mean, the, the guy's hilarious. And, and the greatest thing is they're telling him not to video it in there, and it made the final cut of them telling him not to video it in there. He's, <laughs> he, is, he is great. Uh, he has a uh, show on his uh, YouTube channel called Bowers Bites where he uh, sits down with, like, two, three other players, and they just talk over dinner. It's uh, I don't know if he uh, knew it. Uh, they kind of took it from WWE's table for three, but it, it's very much that same vibe. Uh, very cool show. Uh and, uh, you know, some players like to go blow off steam in the clubs. I think uh, Bauer likes doing uh, podcasts and uh, video casts just to kind of uh, have an escape, and probably that helps him out big time in a year where uh, the baseball players are not in a bubble, but they're supposed to quarantine themselves away from fans and outside influences. They're not supposed to go out to eat or anything along those lines. I know Bauer goes, does, gets, does get takeout. Uh, he likes Chipotle. And um, yeah, we're we're not the Indians, right? Or the Cardinals, right? Or the Marlins. Yeah, but I mean, COVID's everywhere. There is rumor, uh, getting off a little bit of a tangent, uh, but uh, there is rumors that uh, baseball is going to move to a bubble system for the playoffs. And for the playoffs, if, if, with the protocols that they have in place now, I, I think you almost have to do a bubble just because. Um, we be playing. We'll be playing in December if, uh, if you know, te- a team gets uh, one player gets COVID, and then they have to wait four more days to play. So, uh, whether or not a bubble was the right idea for the regular season, baseball is kind of a long season uh, compared to how the other sports are doing their bubbles, uh, with just an expanded playoff, expanded playoffs type season. Uh, but I, I think for the playoffs for this year. Uh, with the COVID-19 restrictions, whether you agree with them or not, it doesn't matter that they are what they are. Um, it's, it's a bubble makes the most sense. So didn't mean to get off on that kind of uh, ending. I uh, meant to be lighthearted with the tales from the Twitter spear, but uh, that pretty much ends the show. If you have any comments, uh, please uh, leave us uh, information on our uh, Facebook pages, the Reds fans chatter uh, Facebook group or the real Cincinnati Reds fans, Facebook group. And, uh, also you can follow us on our page, uh, red Reds fans chatter on uh, Facebook. So we'll have the link in the uh, description. Yeah. We're also on Instagram as well. Yep. So until next time, go Reds. Go Reds.